Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Rise podcast. We are so glad you are here today to tune on into this story, uh, into this this parable, into this <laughs> conversation about why you need to really consider who you're selling to, yeah. right? Because be who you analogy. sell to can drastically change what your prices are. Now, let me explain that. We're going to jump right on in. But before we jump on in, this topic kind of came out of something we talk about in the Creative Rise Mastermind all the time. If you don't know what the Creative Rise Mastermind is, it is our signature six-week acceleration program to take you from where you are to six figures. You don't go from zero to six figures in six weeks, but it takes most people from where they are to over the six-figure mark Some people. <laughs> in, their first, in their first year, which is incredible, right? 37 businesses, six weeks. We are in week four right now, which is marketing sales, everything marketing sales. And one of the things we talk about is positioning. Because if you position something in a certain way, it can sell for a drastically different price, even though it's the same product, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit confusing. So let me break that down. Let me talk about how this works. Let's jump on into today's show. So uh, by the way, hey, Christy, I realize I'm just the only one talking. So that's all right. Go for it. (laughs) You ready for this episode? I'm ready. Okay, cool. I'm super ready. So here's the deal. This can of Coke, I'm holding up a can of Coke. This can of Coke can be completely, completely priced differently depending on where you buy it, right? If you buy this at a grocery store in a case of Coke, in a case of that Coke, you will probably get these for under a dollar per can. I hope that's what you're getting them for. Now, if you buy this at a baseball game, this can of Coke could be $3. If you buy this on an airplane at 30,000 feet above the globe, this could be $5. Now, why is that? It's all positioning, right? They understand, whoever is selling Coke understands that there's leverage when you position certain products, certain offers to different markets, to different industries, and to different people, right? And so what we've got to understand as creative business owners is we could sell the same thing to two different people with a completely different price. And that's exciting. That's good news for you. I hope that is encouraging for you. You should use that to your advantage. Here's an, here's a, an example from my own life about how I've done this. So when I started selling headlining films, which are some of my favorite things to sell, a uh, headlining film is a 45 to 60 second video, typically lives on the front page, the homepage of somebody's website, in the email footer, like a link to it in the email footer of every email at the company. It is a great trust builder for any company to grow their sales, to grow their their brand, their customer base, and continue to sell to more customers. Now, if you do not have a headlining film, quite often it means that you are not building a great amount of trust with the potential prospects that are coming through your funnel. It means people don't understand who you are and what you do, and people don't understand what you're selling and how it's going to get them results. So when I sell somebody a 45 to 60 second headlining film that tells the company's story, who they are, what problem they solve, how they solve it, and what results they get it, what results they get people and how you can do business with them, people tend to make more money. Businesses tend to make more money when I'm able to give them one of those. So I started selling those when I was a a wee little teenager. And I think the first one I sold, uh, I sold for 1500 bucks. And I was so excited because I was like 1500 bucks for one day of filming, one day of editing. Like that's, that's incredible, right? Now, long story short, probably fast forward a couple months, I started selling them for like $3,500. And I couldn't believe it. I actually thought to myself, this will never be able to get more expensive. I can't believe I'm selling these things for like almost four grand. It's like eight, 10 hours of work. This is incredible, right? Like do the hourly rate on that, the hourly math on that. This is incredible. And then I had such a, a busy schedule for the next month. And I remember when I was a teenager, I just wrapped up a headlining film, sent it off. I got a referral from somebody, passed me on to somebody else. And an email landed in my inbox and they said, hey, we want you to do a headlining film for us. Saw the ones you've been doing. They're great. 
can you give us a quote on what that would be? Oh, by the way, we want to do it this month. And I looked at my schedule. I went, oh, shoot, this month is so busy. What am I going to do? So I just said, great, $10,000 and we'll do the headline and film for you. And we'll have it done in like two and a half weeks. And the CEO writes me back and says, great, done. Like, let me know how I can pay you. What deposit do you need? And I was like, oh, oh, shoot. Like how I sell this is completely dependent on my positioning. The money I make for this offer, the money I make on this headlining film is completely contingent on who I'm selling it to, how badly yeah. they need it, how quick they need it. If Is there any other competition? Is there any other options around them? All of that stuff comes into play, which we would call positioning. Therefore, I learned that lesson to that day, that positioning is so, so freaking crucial because it allows me to sell the same product to two different people at a completely different price, which yeah. is so cool. So I stopped selling them to people that were only going to pay $3,500 because I learned that there are people, there are companies out there, specifically in my case, B2B companies that would buy them for 10 grand off me. So I was like, why don't I just focus on those companies? And I did and my business skyrocketed because of it. That's so cool. Yeah, I love that. And you might be sitting in this situation going, okay, I just raised my prices. Like it was the beginning of the year. I raised my prices and it kind of was scary, but I did it. And now I'm hearing crickets or it's just so much slower or I'm getting pushback from my clients and people are saying, oh, can I get a discount, et cetera, et cetera. Or you might be thinking, I want to raise my prices. Like I want to continue to grow my business financially, yet I'm afraid that that outcome is going to be happening. I'm afraid people are going to give me pushback. I'm afraid to get ghosted. I'm afraid that the business that I lean on and support that supports me and my lifestyle is going to dwindle if I make the leap and raise my prices. And we are here to tell you that that is a natural part of business. However, there's a way to be strategic about it. Mm. And so this analogy of where you are selling things, who you are selling things to, and how you are positioning your offer is so, so important in creating a soft place to land when you raise your prices, mm. right? That shift and that movement from going of, I'm selling a cheap thing to cheap people to I'm now selling a high ticket thing to high ticket people. That's a big jump. You don't just raise your prices and stay the same. You raise your prices and you change how you operate your business mm -hmm. to support that new pricing. Okay. So that's like an important, important lesson. So you might be thinking, okay, that sounds all great. I really want to do that. I want to charge more. I want to double, triple my prices, whatever it is. But how do I do that? How do I get the nitty gritty of how do I move forward and raise my prices and actually keep getting work? So we are going to be talking about three tips. Again, this isn't everything, but this is three tips that you can take today that will help you move to a higher ticket market to move from maybe the cheap clientele to a high ticket clientele. So we've got three different things. And the first one that we want to talk about is find where the high market audience lives. So find where the high market clientele is currently hanging out. Because you gotta know where your audience is living in order to go and meet them there. They're not just gonna come out of the word works and somehow find you on your street to hire you for whatever creative project. You actually have to go and find them, which is huge. So in the wedding space, and so specifically for me, when I was shooting weddings full time and having a blast doing all of that, we actually were just talking about this yesterday. Joey was like, why don't you like tap into more of your like network here to shoot weddings? And you had just told me you were like, I actually only shot weddings for maybe like five to 10 people that I knew. Oh yeah. Over 100%. the span of five or six years. That's not very many people at all when you're no, shooting 25 weddings a year. I only had like a, a handful of people that I actually was like friends with. And I've got a great community here. Like I've got like a big church community, all these people that are awesome, awesome friends and people, but they weren't my ideal client. And I think sometimes we turn and we look around to us of like, who do we know mm -hmm. to like be our clients out of kind of some like 
maybe insecurity or maybe strategy. But ultimately, I knew that as soon as I started my business, I was like, I I know that I want high ticket clientele. And to be completely honest, my friends and all of that were more like budget, like more just like budget brides, all that kind of stuff, which is not a bad thing at all. It's just not the clientele that I was trying to serve. So you might be in a situation where everyone else is telling you, hey, you need to go to like this audience. You need to go with all of the referrals. You need to go to the people that you know, your local community. And you might be stuck in a low ticket clientele because you're choosing to only stay in where it's comfortable for you. And so I want to challenge you to find where the high market audience lives. So if you're living off of maybe like referrals from people, first of all, that can be an issue, especially if you're really trying to raise your price because someone who referred you probably talked about your pricing and therefore you're kind of stuck. Try to move into a different area. So for example, maybe you were like leaning on SEO, like maybe people were finding you through Google by typing in your location. You might get a ton of low ballers in that scenario. It's not very like, I don't know, like that clientele sometimes tends to be pretty low budget. Whereas if you develop a strong brand online, let's say through social on Instagram, you create a really strong brand presence on social. That's where a lot of high ticket clientele, high ticket brides hang out, right? That's where they're looking. When someone gets engaged and they really care about their wedding and they want to spend the money, they usually actually go to social, not Google. So that's like a little tip for wedding clients. But Joey, why don't you give us a little bit of tip on finding the right audience when it comes to the more of the brand side? So finding the right audience when it comes to the commercial side or the brand side is what we've talked about on the podcast before. It's all about looking for the business models that will get a good return on investment from what you're doing. So when I started pricing, you know, headlining videos from $3,500 to 10 grand, like in a day, that pricing changed. I didn't grow that over six months. I just decided one day I'm going to start selling these for 10 grand and it worked. It's because I started focusing on a specific client where a $10,000 price tag, if I got them one or two new contracts for whatever business they were running, it could be six figures, multiple six figures worth of new revenue for them. So the $10,000 price tag was nothing. So I focused in on the B2B space because I was going, who is making a ton of money at high scale? So they're selling potentially a high ticket product, or maybe it's even a low ticket product, but they're selling such high scale that even one or two contracts is really going to change the game for them. Therefore, me charging 10 grand for a video is not going to be super sticker shock for them, right? So I remember when I got that email back from that CEO who was like, oh, 10 grand easy, done. We'll easily pay you that. And I sat there at my computer. I was like, are you kidding me? I've been doing these for $3,500, $1,500 the last two years. And now a company hasn't even blinked. And the CEO just wrote me saying, yeah, we'll do it for 10 grand. Where can I send you money? I was like, okay, I've been fishing in the wrong pond, right? So figuring out where your your ideal clients hang that that you can potentially raise your raise your offers into raise them into that that echelon of of businesses is all about just looking for the right business models and then targeting those business models so i love yeah. b2b everyone tends to try and work b2c they want to work with the big company who sells really cool clothing to, you know, whoever consumers on Instagram. And that's great. And those companies need help. They need to hire people, but there's money to be made in B2B. Those are businesses that do not get targeted all that much. And they are often businesses that have way, way higher margins, way higher scale, make way more money each year than the typical consumer or business to consumer brand. Right. Right. So that's what I think about. It's all about thinking about the thing properly, thinking about, okay, how can I, what type of business model can I get a three to four X return on? Pretty much guaranteed. How do I target those business models? And ideally, those business models are going to have tons of cash flow going through them. And they're not going to blink when you send them a quote for five to 10 grand for 
a specific offer like that. Right. Like who you're pitching is so, so important when yeah. it comes to that. Are it's they like high ticket? The difference Are they between, high quantity? Like finding something that's yeah. high, right? If it's low ticket offers and it's low quantity, let's say like a coffee shop, probably not the best high ticket client, No, right? they're not going to be able to pay you 10 grand for something. Exactly. They sell coffees for $4. Yes. Where if I'm pitching somebody who owns warehouses and Amazon buys warehouse space off of them and all they need to do is have a really good video to prove that they have clean facilities, they've got great management, the team team that runs everything is clean, you know, that's going to build trust with Amazon. Amazon might yeah. start paying them seven figures a year to rent out multiple warehouses from them to continue to grow Amazon's business. Yeah. If I can help them simply create that trust, boom, done deal. It's right. way different than helping a coffee shop sell five to 20 more coffees a day. Right. Like the return on that's just so different. So, no, yeah. totally. So the first point is find where the high audience market lives. And the second point we want to talk about today is optimizing your messaging. So you might be like, Christy, that last advice, I'm already on Instagram. So like, why am I still getting ghosted? Like I'm already posting, whatever it is. You have to start thinking about the problems that your client thinks about. Okay, the problems that a low budget bride thinks about is very different than what a high budget bride thinks about. A low budget bride is gonna be thinking about the problem of cost. They're gonna be like, how much is this gonna cost me? What am I getting for the deal? What's the the exchange in what I'm getting? How many photos am I getting? How many hours are they gonna be there? Let me get all I can out of the number that I'm giving, like details, details, details. Now, a high ticket bride is gonna have very different problems that they're thinking about. They might not even be thinking about price at all. All. They might be going, hey, you know, I'm actually not thinking about the details. I'm not even thinking about the hours. I'm thinking about the experience. And I want that emotional experience. And here's what the main, the high ticket clients really want. They want the best. So they go, I want the best experience. I want the best photographer. I want the best day. I want the best outcome from that day with the best images. They're not going the nitty gritty details. So you might be actually look Actually take a look at your socials, take a look at your messaging, take a look at your website and go, am I actually talking to the detail budget bride or am I talking to the high ticket bride that's looking about the experience? Start talking less about the details of what you do and what you give and start talking about the how. Start talking about the experience you give them and how it is the best. And you'll start to attract high ticket clients rather than maybe like the backyard bride that's more like penny pinching on the different details you're going to get. By the way, before we move on, this is something that we say all the time to everyone who comes to the Creative Rise Mastermind. Stop marketing your package hours so much. Yeah. Like the the hours on your packages mm-hmm. matter for you and they kind of matter to the bride. To a high ticket bride, the hours are not the first thing they're looking for. They're right. looking for what else is a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be great. How many hours does that give us, yes. right? So yes. that's a huge differentiator right there. If you are so hard, all of your marketing, your offers, your packages, for if you're in the wedding space, are all like my six hour, my eight hour, my 10 hour. If that's what you lead with, be ready to get compared. Yeah. Because that is a, that is, that is a very, very commoditized way to market yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, go compare me off of how much time I'm putting into this. What's not commoditized is going, here's the experience I'm giving and here's why it's different. Here's why it's unique. That's what high ticket brides want. Same thing in the commercial space, right? If all of your marketing, if you're trying to do social, trying to help people improve their social media, if all their social media, all of your social media is talking to other people, but hey, here's the number of posts you need on your social media. Here's the type of thing you need to make in your posts. 
you're probably going to attract a low ticket client who only cares about the very external thing. If you're talking about, hey, here's what's happening because you are not showing up online all day. Here's what's happening because you don't have a good online presence. Here's what's happening because you're not building trust and building rapport and equity with people every single day through the internet. You're losing out on this, this, and this. That's a completely different low ticket versus high ticket conversation, right? So again, position your messaging to the people that you're wanting to sell to. And quite often, a low ticket conversation is so much different than a high ticket conversation. Absolutely. So super Okay, so the first one is all about finding where your target audience lives. Your second one is finding what your optimized messaging really looks like. Start talking to the high ticket clients rather than talking to the low ticket clients. Mm -hmm. And the last one is give a high ticket booking experience. So you might be like, okay, I'm already talking to, I've got my brand messaging dialed and I'm on whatever social or I'm on SEO, whatever you're doing, blogging, I'm actually talking to them and I'm talking to them in the right spaces. So why do I keep getting ghosted? Well, look at your booking process. Think about this when you like go to a sleazy car dealership that has like super low end cars and then you go to like a Porsche dealership. The experience you're going to get in the sales process is vastly different. different. It's like DIY versus white glove service. So DIY, you're going to come in, it's going to be like, okay, like, Here's a kind of crappy inquiry form. Here's like, maybe throw some things in. We're going to get back to you within like five days, right? Like you're not going to hear a response for like five days. And, and then even then, I'm just going to like send you a Word document with all of the pricing. And then uh, again, the communication is going to be slow. It's going to be clunky. It's not very customized to that person. It's copy and paste responses. And then everything is just going to kind of be like, ah, oh, we'll eventually get there. And you're going to be like, you're going to feel like everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Where a high ticket experience is going to feel custom. It's going to be like, hey, our inquiry form on our website is dialed. When they when you respond, it's instant, like it's instant reply within a custom like 24-hour response with like an awesome pricing guide. You're going to hop on a call with them. You're going to give them like basically as much time as they need to ask all of their questions. And it's just going to be a really professional, mm-hmm. like taken care of white glove experience. And so if yours experience, your booking process is anything but professional, you're going to be losing people. You're going to have drop-offs. And so look through your entire booking experience and go, does this feel luxury? Does this feel high ticket? Or am I not really acting like a six-figure business? Am I acting like a $50,000 business? Because again, people who want a high ticket, who are going to be willing to spend high ticket money want a high ticket experience. So if you're not offering that, they're going to drop off. So important, guys. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that is so helpful for you. Again, this Coke can be sold in three different places be for an three Coke. completely <laughs> different prices. So yes, where you position your offers, just like how Coke positions their offer, selling a can of Coke in different places gets them a totally different price on the back end of that. Really want to encourage you in that, whether you're in the wedding space or in the commercial space, take what we just said to uh, to heart and think about it and go, how do I potentially reposition who I'm selling it to, how I'm talking about the messaging, what's behind, you know, the words that I'm selling it with. And then obviously, you know, what is my booking experience look like? How am I walking them through the sales process? Does it look very cheap? Is it super, super handheld and it's smooth? Think about all that stuff, guys. It's going to help you. Other than that, check out the Creative Rice Pricing Calculator. If you have not, there's over a thousand of you that are constantly going on and using the Creative Rice Pricing Calculator to help you price your next project in under three minutes. It's completely free. Our gift to you. Click the link in our bio and or the link in the podcast description here below. Uh, And we'd love for you to use the pricing calculator because it's it's something we worked really hard on to make it really good for you. It'll be 
more of a high ticket experience because if you take five days to get somebody because you're thinking about pricing, yes, you gotta use it get to speed up your experience. You gotta yeah. get to speed up your experience. Genius. Use, use that pricing go. guide. It's totally free. Uh, you guys, leave us a five star written review if you love this podcast, and we will love you for it. Uh, but if not, we will see you next week on our next episode, and we can't wait to see you there. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five star rating, and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.